Hello, and welcome to the Living in Jesus podcast. My name is Ross O'Hare, and I'll be your host today. Living in Jesus is a podcast designed to explore the depths of what it means to live a grace-filled life with Jesus as the focus. On today's podcast, we will discuss forgiveness. Forgiveness is a powerful practice and one of the most healing choices we make. As believers, forgiveness is not only something Jesus gave us on the cross, but something we participate in giving to others and ourselves. However, many misconceptions and myths surround this choice. Sometimes these false understandings can lead us to hold on to bitterness or resentment that weighs us down. Hopefully through today's podcast, we will help clarify what forgiveness is and maybe even more importantly, what it is not. Author and Christian theologian Louis B. Smead said this about forgiveness. When you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you cut a malignant tumor out of your inner life. You set a prisoner free, but you discovered that the real prisoner was yourself. With that said, I hope you enjoy today's podcast, and here we go. Joining me today is Mark Fields. How are you? I'm fine, Ross. Thanks. And Connie Brazina. Hi, Ross. Hi. And Tom Price. Hey, Ross. You guys doing okay today? Yeah. Right. Good. Awesome. Okay. So obviously the topic today is forgiveness. It can be a weighty topic. Hopefully it'll be great for people to listen to, but let's kind of start at the beginning. What are some of the main steps or processes to forgiveness? And another question also to piggyback that, why is it important to forgive or why is it so important to forgive? Tom, why don't I start with you? Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge that there's been something done to you to forgive. Yeah. And then you have to acknowledge how that makes you feel. Okay, yeah. So those are the first two kind of steps you have to do in, in terms of actually acknowledging a wrong, acknowledging how it made you feel. Yeah, you have to recognize that something's going on inside of you that you're holding on to. Yeah, awesome. Okay, and anybody else, what are some other processes that go along with forgiveness? Well, I would like to say, even before I get to that, yeah. is I'm so excited that we're talking about this because I think forgiveness along with brokenness and surrender are so key if we as Christians want to walk in freedom. Yeah. And I've just seen this over and over in my own life and other people's lives, so I'm excited about this discussion. I think for me, and a very pra- I'm a very practical person, I think Ephesians 4... 26 through really about 32 is so practical in forgiveness. And I'll try to say this quickly, but it talks about be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil, not your spouse or your friend or your coworker or whatever, an opportunity. And then it goes on to say, let all bitterness and anger and wrath and all that be put away or cast away from you and choose to walk in forgiveness, compassion, and I'm summarizing that. But to me, it's uh, recognizing that the other person is not my enemy. Satan is the enemy. And I can be angry about it, but I need to deal with my anger. Yeah. And so when anger swells up or hurt or whatever that is, recognize, like Tom said, and then cast it away. And I ask myself, some versions say, put it away. Mm. What does that mean practically? Yeah. Yep. And to me, that says a choice. I am mm. choosing to let my thoughts, give them to the Lord, mm-hmm. and then forgive, choose to forgive. And we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark, again, let's just go over the process. What What is forgiveness? How do you do it? Yes. Well, uh, as Tom said, to acknowledge the hurt 
And that's so hard for men to do a lot of times because we'll minimize it, slough it off. I can't say that hurt me because that would make me seem, you know, vulnerable and, and too easy to hurt. Yeah. Um, I can say easily, you made me mad. And uh, that's a manly thing. But to acknowledge the hurt yeah. and then the impact that it had on you in your feelings and your belief system, mm-hmm. that's powerful because the connection there is what you started to believe about yourself mm. or toward that person. And then, as Connie had said, as you release the debt, you re- I release this debt you owe me, person. It's a conscious mm-hmm. choice of the will just to say this is not going to, um, it's not in my control or desire to have you feel the same hurt I did. And then you move forward in the relationship, accepting that person unconditionally. Yeah. And no matter what may unfold in the continuing relationship, you're willing to walk forward with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. And why that's so important, again, forgiveness is just such a hidden prisoner or warden. A lot, I, I speak with so many people in my own story included, I never realized the power that it had over me, the unforgiven areas and the mm. bitterness that I harbored. And especially men I work with, that root of bitterness has just expands into current anger and rage, you know, taken out on people in the current of something that happened 30 years ago. Yeah. But it's just a one moment of eight seconds, maybe in a person's childhood that has a trajectory of 60 years mm. of continuing to live out of that hurt. Yeah. And so it, it's important to understand that, realize it, and to get that flushed out. What Hebrews 12, 15 says, let no root of bitterness keep you from the grace of God. It's like an obstruction mm. to receiving God's free flow of grace in us. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm. And so, Connie, Tom, can you guys, in your own words, tell me or explain why it's important, why forgiveness is so important in our lives? Well, like the quote that you read at the beginning, you are a prisoner of your unforgiveness, Mm. and it affects you in more ways than you can imagine. It affects you mentally, emotionally, physically. Mm -hmm. It begins to manifest itself physically. And so who wants to be a prisoner? And it doesn't make sense logically that I forgive somebody and I'm released. Yeah, That's not the world's way. But God knows... Because God is a forgiver. God knows that once we experience His forgiveness, the depth and the breadth of it, that we experience that freedom, we're released. And even though we may remember the hurt, you know, as a memory, we're released from it where it's just now, it's just a memory. Mm -hmm. It's not holding on to me, dragging me down, keeping me from moving forward. Yeah. Well, I certainly agree with what Tom said. I think, too, I don't believe, if, according to Scripture, God did not mean for us to carry that. Mm. He's the one that is capable, and that's why for me, and this was a revelation to me as I began to study really the definition of the Greek and Hebrew words for forgiveness, and even our dictionary definition, like Mark said, forgiveness means release. And I'm releasing it to the Lord because I can't handle it, but he can. And remembering that whatever God requires of us, he provides. So he's not going to ask us to do anything that he's not going to give us what it takes to do. So to me, that's encouraging. Well, so in the introduction, we talked about how one of our goals today was to talk about what forgiveness is, but also what it's not. So, you know, one of the reasons people don't forgive or hold on to unforgiveness is because they have a wrong view of what forgiveness is. And a lot of myths and misunderstandings maybe permeate their beliefs about it. So what are some of the common misunderstandings or false beliefs that are associated with forgiveness? Well, let me, let me start with the area of conditionality. 
uh, people I talk with, and myself, they think that their forgiveness is dependent on the other person changing behavior, and they see an evidence that they won't do that again, or the other person coming to them and apologizing and asking their forgiveness. So they're waiting for that to happen, or the condition in their own head, I'm going to wait till I'm not mad anymore. And then that's what's going to allow the forgiveness. Mm. And so they're limited by putting those terms on the other person or themselves. Yeah, That's what I was thinking about uh, as far as the, the emotion part. That's a huge blockade for a lot of folks. They hold on to the negative emotions or they want them to go away. I don't think anybody you know likes to feel bad, but when they go through forgiveness or attempt to go through forgiveness, because they're still feeling the emotions of the hurt, mm. there's the misconception that, well, I, I guess I haven't forgiven them. I'm still angry. I'm still, I still feel hurt. Mm. And that's a huge misconception. Yeah. You don't have to, the emotions don't have to go away in order for you to experience forgiveness. Mm. And I think a big one that I see a lot is if I forgive them, I'm saying what they did to me was okay. And it's not okay. Mm. And I don't want to, say that. And that's not what it is at all. Remember, forgiveness is a release. I'm releasing it to God. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. God's going to take care of that. And can I, the question then becomes, can I trust God? Mm. Is he really going to do that? And then the other one that I see a lot is people just say, well, that happened yesterday. Let's just forget about it. And they think by basically sweeping it under the rug, it's going to go away. <laughs> but I heard I, one of my gals that I was working with said, I have an elephant under my rug, and it's <laughs> interfering with yeah. my everyday life. Yeah. And so I just say, let's pull that elephant out bit by bit and deal with forgiveness like God has mm. asked us and let us walk in freedom. Mm. One more um, thing that people misunderstand about forgiveness is they think you need to tell the person and let them know, which to me, that sounds pretty magnanimous of someone. I forgive you for what you just did. <laughs> yeah. But in many stories, a person has no chance because that person is not alive. I've had my own example, and I didn't discover this until years after I had explored my own journey of how I developed my lives, and we studied that back in Understanding Your Flesh. And seven years later, um, one of the people on staff at CFT told me to explore my relationship with my middle sister, my next sister. Hmm. I said, okay, I don't know what's there, but I'll explore it. And in my talks with the Holy Spirit, he revealed a memory I had of one night when she sexually abused me when we were little kids. And I was so buried, I didn't see how it entered into anything. Um, but he said, deal with it and release this from any hindrance that I'm having in your intimacy with you. And she died. Hmm. She was murdered at 19. But one time on a business trip, I was able to go to her gravesite, and I stood over her and looked at the, uh, the tombstone, and I said it out loud, and I'm crying and snot's coming out. I'm just blubbering, <laughs> but it was just such a healing thing. If yeah. anything, the Holy Spirit wanted me to just deal with that issue and get mm-hmm. it out, but yeah. Yeah, there's no way to tell her that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. One of the things that I hear a lot from people is that I'm just not ready to forgive. And I would never twist anybody's arm to forgive somebody because the Holy Spirit has to prepare a heart. But one of the questions I do ask is, what is it going to take to make you ready? And can you trust God right now to give you what it takes? Or do you have to live in this bondage for another week or month or year? to trust him then and i think that's a lie that satan tries to keep us from 
Well, obviously, I mean, we've talked about a lot of different misconceptions. One of the ones that came to mind when you guys were talking is just the topic of time. Like, how how long is do I need to hold on to something, or how long <laughs> can I do it immediately as soon as somebody has sinned against me? Um, you know, and that's kind of this, some people in my mind. It's like you know, time will heal it. Well. As you said, time, you know, sweeping under the rug, there's an elephant there. Time doesn't necessarily heal a, a wrong. So would you say you could forgive someone immediately as soon as they do something? Absolutely. 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 Yes. yes. I will say this, and you don't even have to put this in, but as far as asking, and I ask people, how long do you want to live in bondage? Mm. Because mm-hmm. as long as you choose to not forgive, that's really saying I can't trust God, so I've got to hang on to this. I, I think that frees up people to realize I can forgive because a lot of times I just hear I can't forgive them. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Well, it's funny. Some people, Tom mentioned you're in prison. Some people want to be there. They're mm-hmm. more comfortable in their bitterness than they are to release it. Yeah. Okay. And I think one of the things we got to keep in mind also is that, you know, people don't talk about the actual topic of forgiveness a lot, right? It's what they feel most of the time, as we've talked about, like how I used to navigate forgiveness is, well, how do I feel about that person or the incident or about myself? And so, you know, that's kind of what's navigating people. So to have them understand that it is a choice that they get to make, right? That it is in the moment within their power and their control to forgive someone, whether they feel like it or not, will begin to help that process because a lot of people just don't feel that way. They feel overwhelmed by the bitterness or the hurt or the anger. And this hopefully will allow them to understand that it is an act of our free will to forgive someone, even if they're going to do it again, even if they might not be sorry about it, even if, you know, list goes on and on and on, but they can actually be the ones that can forgive. And I want to mention one other misconception. It's kind of different in the sense of it's a misconception about unforgiveness, Mm-hmm. A lot of people are holding on to unforgiveness because they believe that not forgiving someone is going to make them safe. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge misconception. Mm-hmm. You tell me more. I mean, I, I know what you're In saying, In other words, but explain it, it more, it, yeah. if I don't forgive you, then that's going to put a distance between me and you, and you can't hurt me again. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, we last week we talked about burdens, pains, trials. Obviously, those things go hand in hand with forgiveness. That's why it's back to back. But a lot of times we experience pains and hurts. And then what we've talked about already, it's difficult to forgive. So how do we actually forgive someone in the midst of that pain? How have you guys seen that you've made that choice? Or how can we help people to understand and actually go through that process, even in the midst of severe pain? I think a lot of this starts with surrender. Mm. You know, burdens Mm. and suffering can lead to surrender. It doesn't always lead to surrender. We can get bitter and go the other way. But when we surrender to the Lord and say, Father, I am hurting so bad because what that person did to me, and I'm asking you to show me the next step. What is that? Mm -hmm. That's the beginning of, I believe, a heart that's ready to listen to the Lord and obey Him. Yeah, and so we didn't get into that as much last week, but how do people then... How how does that process of surrender piggyback with forgiveness? Talk about that a little bit more. Well, I think if we're not willing to surrender, then it makes it a lot easier not to be willing to forgive. Mm. And surrender is, Lord, I want to do it your way, uh, not mine. And Father, I give you my all, and I'm willing to step forward in faith and trust in you, even though that might feel a little scary to me. But Father, I'm trusting you 
are the provider. And if you ask me to forgive, you're going to give me what it takes. It doesn't, I don't feel like forgiving that person. Actually, I heard this other day from someone. I actually, when I think about that person and what they did to me, I hate them. But you ask me to forgive. So it's a choice, a choice of walking in obedience. And to weave that in with last week's, it is a surrender of rights, my right to be safe and protect myself, my right to be vindicated, my right to um, have my dignity. And so, as Connie said, as you submit to the Holy Spirit and surrender that right, I think that opens the door for God to come in and begin to Mm. change your heart to the point that you can overcome the emotion. And also, your right to never be hurt again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In my right to be right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think you nailed it on the head, Connie, when you said, you know, there's a fear attached to surrendering it because... It comes back to what we talked a lot about last week is, do we trust God? Do we trust God in the midst of pain Mm. and burdens and in the midst of surrendering? Surrendering means you have to trust God, and so does forgiveness. You know, if we truly are forgiving somebody, then again, we're releasing that to God for Him to deal with and Him to carry the burden. But we have to trust God that He's going to take that and that He's going to be faithful in that. And so, again, both of these topics go hand in hand with, ultimately, it comes down to what well, we talked about week one, our concept of God, and do is he trustworthy? Does he have my best interest at heart? Especially in the moments of pain where we've been hurt or hurt someone else. So, Paul said that we should set our mind on things above and not on things of earth in Galatians, I mean, Colossians 3. Yeah. And when I'm setting my mind on the things below, it's the temporary, it's the temporal, it's, it's what I see. Yeah. If that's where I'm stuck viewing my world, I have to interpret it by my understanding. Mm. And as I'm affected by other people and the way they treat me or the things they say to me or don't say to me or don't treat me, mm. I have to interpret that if I set my mind on things below. Yeah. And so to answer that question about how in those moments when I feel hurt, now I'm quicker to go to asking God the question, God, what am I believing right now? about this situation that's causing me to feel hurt. Yeah. Instead of looking at the person that I'm perceiving as as the one hurting me, why am I interpreting it that way? Because there's something going on inside of them. Sure. They're reacting, responding to something they're believing, and I can't fix that. Yeah. But I can focus on what I'm believing, and the Spirit is so kind to always show me what that is. And, and, and now I'm able to walk in truth and experience the forgiveness. So one of the things, and this will be my question, because this is kind of where I have wrestled with forgiveness, but one of the hardest things I've had to experience with forgiveness is forgiving myself, right? To me, it was much easier to forgive someone else for what they had done than to forgive myself for what I had done. And so, you know, I just think that since I felt that way, what what I found is the things that helped me the most were understanding my identity in Christ and understanding where my needs were being met. But can we talk about that aspect of forgiveness a little bit? because I don't think I'm the only one that struggled with that. 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, that was a big part of my story in my journey of coming to these truths of grace about God. In my failure, I was the biggest destroyer of everything around me. Mm. And I could put everybody else in the chair with our exercise but myself. That yeah. was the last person to come. And so I, I just couldn't. I couldn't let myself off that easy. It's almost like kind of said, give him, I gave myself permission then to do that again or what? Yeah. And so... What brought me to the, the, the conclusion, the decision to forgive myself, though, was, again, receiving God's full forgiveness of me and realizing the full extent of his forgiveness of everything, past, present, and future. And so who am I to hold a higher standard of myself than God has and to hold that over myself? Mm-hmm. So that helped me just to see in the extent of his forgiveness and leaning into that forgiveness and mm-hmm. receiving that for myself. Yeah, that's good. I have an earthly example of a heavenly message, I think. One time I backed our van into a pine tree and did $5,000 worth of damage at a in the side of the van. And I don't too often hear this, but I heard that was stupid. What you did was stupid. I can't believe I did that. And I was beating myself up. And so I called my husband and I told him and he very graciously said, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm okay. And he said, well, we can fix the van. It's okay. And that was, I just felt just love flow over me from him. But it was also an indication that that's the way the Heavenly Father, I think, looks at us. He forgives us lovingly. And who am I, like Mark said, not to forgive myself when I've been so fully forgiven? Hmm. And that's what's helped me with the same issue that you're talking about, Ross, in the sense that forgiving yourself. It's been easier for me to forgive other people than it has been to forgive myself. Because like Mark said, I hold myself to this legalistic standard that's not graceful at all. Mm. And so when it comes to an infraction that I commit, I'll replay that over and over and over in my head and Mm -hmm. just beat myself up. And I feel like I've got to do this long penance of guilt and shame before I can even begin to allow to forgive myself. And so that is a challenge. But owning who I am in Christ, when I look at the value that God gives me, it's not, well, yeah, He does speak that value, but... When he speaks it, it comes into reality. Mm. You know, God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. Mm. And so he says, you're worth something. Mm. And when he says that, there's worth in that moment. Yeah. And it's it's eternal worth. And when I remember that, it's easier to forgive myself in those times. Yeah, that's good. Well, we've, you know, we've talked about flesh, and I think our lies play into that. I think the enemy attacks our lies so that when we mess up and we sin, then it directly is connected to the lies we believe about ourselves, right? And for me, that was, you know, like, if I were to not measure up to a standard, again, like you guys are talking about, a standard that I've set for myself that I'm not measuring up to, then what it equated to is I'm a failure and I'm a fraud, right? Because people might think I have it together or people might think I know what I'm talking about or that I'm, you know, a good guy or whatever, but I really know the real truth because I've messed this, you know, I've messed this up and that kind of stuff. And so those two lies connected to where it made it really hard for me to forgive myself because I saw myself as a failure and a fraud. And so when I realized when God really worked on the forgiveness part with me, it was, I really don't have what it takes to measure up to that standard. 
I had to come to the grips. It was an ego check at the door where it's like, I think I can do this. I think I can measure up. And when I don't, then it's self-condemnation. And then it's heaping on where, yeah, you really are a failure and a fraud. You know, who do you think you are? Because you're acting like you can and then you can't. And then, you've, you know, where, where does that leave you? And so where I actually was able to forgive myself and learn how to do that in a much better way was when I realized God doesn't have that same standard. He already forgave of me of those sins. They're already washed as white as snow. They're f- removed as far as, the east from, as far as the east is from the west. That needs to be my mindset, too. It's not about my performance. And, I, you know, and that, everybody's like, well, yeah, duh, but there's an ego involved, right? It really was an ego check where it's like, Ross, you don't have it all together. You cannot do this perfectly, but that's okay. And you can, I can actually forgive myself because of that. And that was the, the journey that kind of helped me bridge that a little bit. Well, speaking to the identity of Christ also, Ross, that was the biggest aha for me in forgiveness and the most powerful argument of how we're able to forgive is my new creation, my identity in Christ, is that of a forgiver. I mean, we love to say I'm pursued, I'm treasured, I'm accepted, I'm loved unconditionally. We like those specialness between us and God, mm-hmm. but it also speaks to his capacity he's put in us. Yeah, that exactly. My natural instinct now is to forgive someone, and to withhold it is to be actually a work of effort for me to walk after the flesh. Mm-hmm. And when I can just lean into that naturalness of it and spontaneity, it yeah. allows me to more easily forgive. I definitely agree with that. And I think there's something about just speaking that truth Mm. out when you don't feel like you can forgive. (laughs) But the truth is, I am a person who forgives Mm. because Christ is in me and he is a forgiver and he has equipped me and enabled me to forgive. So I am a person who can forgive. I am a person who does forgive. Mm. That's powerful to say in those words, I think. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, when I think to speak that out loud, again, to hear those words creates a different power behind it where you're actually hearing yourself saying those words. Um, I I say that in the counseling world all the time where people actually speaking the words out loud change. You know, I, I remember when I was in counseling a long time ago, I would say something that I'd been thinking. And the moment I said it out loud, you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. You know, I, you can recognize it. And so I think there is power behind that. And I think the more and more we can recognize that actually we are forgivers but also that forgiveness doesn't have to be a burden, right? If we are trusting God, it can actually be something where it's very releasing, peace-filling, joy-bringing. You know, like it can be a very, very much so a fruit of the Spirit-inducing type of It's action. like breathing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this passage in Hebrews 10. I'm going to read verse 14 and 17. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are made holy. Mm. And I can either believe that or reject it. Mm. Uh, And then verse 17, he says, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. Mm. And Mm. when I'm believing that in the moment... Forgiveness is the it's the natural mm. step. It's a natural next step. And yeah. then you're released, and then you get to live. Okay, so you know, here's a question that's coming to mind as we're talking about this. So it, we can understand and believe what God has said about our forgiveness and that we are forgivers of other people and by our new nature. But how does that help us cope with the natural earthly consequences of our sin or of the sin of others, right? I mean, how does knowing these truths help us deal with the natural consequences that come with sin? Well, if I'm dealing, I guess, with myself or with uh, another person, I'm thinking especially of parenting, too, Mm. Um, or with my spouse, with Linda. But as we walk in forgiveness, 
but you know, that's not how we speak to each other, or that was an unkind thing to do, and you want to address the consequence or the, you know, the natural effect of the mm-hmm. behaviors, you can address it, as we're going to study in two weeks, to relate with them unconditionally. Mm. I, I'm doing this for you and us, not to protect myself or mm. to get you back, and they will see that in your message. You can walk in love and acceptance and address the behavior or the consequence that needs to be addressed. Mm. My husband and I, Greg, just celebrated 51 years of marriage, and we would both say that forgiveness Mm -hmm. is one of the main tools that God has used. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not apart from Christ, but I would say that is in Christ. But the act of forgiveness is what's kept us together. You know, when there's unforgiveness there, when there's strife, it's an energy drainer, isn't it? It's yeah. that burden, uh, that bondage that you're under. And we can, we've can we sensed that in our relationship. And we have, not that we always do it perfectly, but we've both said life is too short to live in unforgiveness. So we try to keep that, you know, if there is misunderstanding or whatever going on, we practice that. Uh, I shouldn't have said this, or I shouldn't have said it that way. Would you forgive me? Or I shouldn't have done that or whatever. Would you forgive me? And so when you've been on the receiving end of that, let's say Greg has done something, because I know you haven't sinned against him, I know. So let's say Greg has done something, and he asked for forgiveness. How do you with dealing with the emotion or the the consequences, I know obviously you're gonna through the spirit forgive him. How do you deal with the natural consequences of the pain and the hurt relationship in that moment? How do you deal with that? Well, I first of all try to make that choice. Yes, I will forgive you mm-hmm. because I believe that Christ has enabled me with what I need to choose to forgive. Yeah. Then you have the memories, mm-hmm. and Satan can use those to bring up those things. I think he's nasty, mm-hmm. but he's defeated. We have to remember that he's yeah. defeated. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if he tries to bring those thoughts back, which yep. he has, and you can feel like you're in a battle with those thoughts. It's Ephesians 6, stand strong in the power of the Lord Mm -hmm. and resist thinking. I can choose what I think. Mm -hmm. I can reject those thoughts, replace them with the truth, good things, excellent things. I think it was a couple of podcasts back. I told the story about concern about my wife not getting home because the car Mm might have broken down. Well, I'm not going to reiterate, so you can go back <laughs> sure. and listen to that. Yeah. In the moment, the consequence of our beliefs and our actions resulting from those beliefs, those fleshly beliefs, was hurt, mm-hmm. aggravation, anger. But the moment we walked through the doorway of forgiveness, on the other side of that doorway was peace mm. and rest, fellowship, intimacy. Yeah. And it was like a switch. Mm. You know, and yes, I remembered what was on the other side of the doorway, but I didn't want to go back through that doorway mm-hmm. into that strife again. I wanted to, I love the release of yeah. the forgiveness. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. And you know what? I have seen dramatic differences in people. Their whole countenance looks different yeah. in the, somebody that is so mad and their lips are you know, tight mm-hmm. and they're just angry and then they choose to forgive and 
I mean, it's a God thing. Mm -hmm. It is. I've seen people, we've walked through forgiveness exercises and they've burned their list on the barbecue pit. (laughs) And then they walk off, like Tom said, arm in arm. And I've experienced this in my own life too. There's, that's just God's way of bringing peace. It really is one of the most powerful experiences you can have and because of what it means, because of what it signifies and what you're doing in your life and in someone else's life. Again, Jesus is the most perfect example of what impact forgiveness really has on all of us as humans. So let's personalize a little bit. Let's make it more about you guys and your stories. But I am going to ask the, the challenging question first, right? Tell me a story or tell me a time when forgiveness was challenging for you or still maybe challenging for you. Tell us a story, tell us a time, and tell us kind of how, why, it's, why it's been difficult or why it was difficult to forgive. Well, one of the hard parts about doing a podcast like this is you know a lot of people are going to hear it and all <laughs> over the world, and, yeah. and so you want to protect the innocent or guilty, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a time in my life when I was serving in a mission church, and there were some misunderstandings and mm. some conflict. And it was very hurtful. I, I did not stay there as long as, as I really wanted to in that situation as far as the experience of being with those people in that community. Mm. And I felt like it was shortened because of this conflict. Yeah. And even though there was a public display of forgiveness in front of the church before we moved away, I carried around those ill feelings for probably, oh goodness, two to three years. Mm. And every time I would think about it, I would just, oh, I just get so angry and, yeah. and it's not fair. It's not fair. I, this should have happened. You know, why, why didn't it happen this way? And one day God said to me, Tom, call that person. And I hadn't talked to him in three years. Mm. And so I, I picked up the phone and I called and somebody else answered the phone, and I said, is so-and-so there? And, and they said, well, no, he and his wife, are they're on an extended vacation. I don't know when they're going to be back. I'm just doing some house-sitting for them. Hmm. And I said, okay, well, when you talk to him, just let him know that I called. And something amazing happened in that moment because my purpose for calling him, first of all, was to be obedient to what the Spirit was leading me to do. But in my heart, I truly wanted to forgive them because mm-hmm. I wanted to experience the release that this was holding over me, mm-hmm. uh, the, the bondage I was under. And the moment I hung up, there was this amazing peace that just flowed into me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't explain it, but it was there, and it was gone. The, all the frustration, all the anger was gone. Mm-hmm. All the, I wish it could happen this way, I wish it could happen that way. It was just gone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even talk to God, and he never called me back. Wow. But... I experienced God's forgiveness in that moment of forgiving, you know, God's kind of forgiveness of forgiving him and letting that go. Mm. I'm a proponent. (laughs) (laughs) You're for it. I'm for it. Yeah. Mm. 
You know, a couple of things. I know, and I mentioned earlier, I think, in marriage, it's an ongoing, you know, not that couples even want to sin against each other, but we do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's misunderstandings, like Tom was mentioning. And I remember one time, and Greg and I share this out in front of people, but I remember one time he accused me of something that I said, and he said that was disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And Earlier in my Christian life, I was codependent, and so I wanted peace at all costs, and I would have said, okay, would you forgive me quickly? But as I've begun to learn my identity, I really want to ask forgiveness if I've sinned, but I don't want to ask forgiveness if I'm being codependent just for trying to soothe things over. And so as I asked the Spirit, my heart was not being disrespectful. I did not have that intention at all, but that's what Greg heard. And so as we discussed this, we realized that we had two differing views. And sometimes you have to come to the point of agreeing to disagree, and then you agree to put that behind you. And you go forward, and that doesn't happen often, but sometimes it does happen, and I think that's important. And then the other thing for me, too, is being careful not to take up an offense for someone else. That is hard. Yes, you can... I remember somebody hurt my mother one time and I got so mad at that person Mm. and I was washing dishes one day and I was just thinking about how horrible that person had been. And it was like the Holy Spirit just kind of yanked me up out of my body and I saw me there and I heard the Spirit say, you're going to end up like that person if you don't forgive them and Mm. go on. (laughs) And I didn't want to end up like them. So I was choosing to release them. Not that they had really hurt me, but they hurt somebody that hurt me. And I think that scripture that says... It's like pulling a dog's ear. If you, uh, what does that say? If you enter into a, a conflict that's not your own, that's paraphrased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My example goes back to forgiving yourself. And again, in my past, I just could not let go of that. And, and the challenge it was, or the, what was, I was struggling with was guilt and shame mm-hmm. and not letting myself get off so easy and wanting to feel the full gravity of the action. I almost felt like, remember this, remember this pain so you never do it again. Mm. Like that's going to be the preventative measure. Mm. There is some value to that. We won't go down that road. But I was using this just to continue to torture myself. And it's funny, it almost worked for me because I got a little sympathy of it. It even sounded like true repentance Mm. and turn and change behavior. But underneath all that was this, I can't Mm. let go. And so the challenge was just my own standard of myself and to forgive myself of that action. But that moves me into the present. I still will struggle with, but it's it's hard to um, forgive myself, even in the moment. I said a couple of podcasts ago, one of my um, flesh patterns is perfectionism, because one of my high needs is to be perfect, mm. which has already been provided and supplied by the, the verse that Tom read. I, I have been made perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm already there. But I have this this actionable behavioral standard for what perfect means. And so if I screw up, if I blow it, even if I make a typo or something, Mm -hmm. it's almost, you idiot. And there's a sense (laughs) of unforgiveness. Mm, And I need to let go of the right to be perfect and the right to be right.
as, in all three of your challenges, you know, I, the vein that I see is that it's every situation and every scenario is new and different and brings a new challenge to reapply the truth, especially mm. in certain areas that are, again, like you said, Mark, that Satan knows exactly where to get you and what lie to give to you in the mm. moment to, so that you don't forgive yourself. But it's every day there's a new scenario, a new feeling, a new circumstance that comes together that you've never experienced before, and you've got to reapply that truth, and that can be difficult. That's a challenge to continue doing that, although we know how great it is to forgive, and we, we all have experienced the freedom that comes with forgiving. In that moment, it's still very difficult a lot of times. Okay, so we just talked about the most challenging part about forgiveness for you, but let's talk about how you have experienced positively forgiveness in your life, where you've actually seen the Spirit give you the the peace and the moment to forgive somebody, you making the choice and actually have it come to fruition. So why don't you give us some stories about how that's come to fruition for you in your life? Yeah, my my as I took the journey to identify how I developed my flesh patterns based on the lies that I adopted and the messages I adopted. Um, a repeating story was women that would reject me mm. here and there. And there's three or four or five of them. But one that really stands out in my mind was um, when we went from sixth grade to seventh grade, which back then was junior high. Mm. I went off to a different school for the gifted. That's where my mom wanted me to go. Mm. She wanted me to be a doctor. And all my friends stayed in the local school. And so the very first day of school, I was walking to my bus stop, which was past their bus stop. And I came up behind Barb and Eileen. And I had gone steady with Barb for, I think, three days, three months ago. I think we might have kissed <laughs> behind the bushes or something. But I went, I came up and said, hi, Barb, hi, Eileen. And they just looked straight ahead. They're holding their little books in there, and they're, and they're just walking with their ponytails swishing around. And they didn't say anything. And I was just mortified and hurt. And I just ducked my head, and I just walked faster and went by them. And, of mm. course, I became the shyest kid in school for the next six years. But that was it's kind of a minor thing. It's not something so atrocious, but it was part of the story of yeah. something I needed to address. And so um, when my counselor took me through that, and we have the opportunity to go back and see if there's anything there that you need to release or anything that you're holding against them. And so when I sat Barb and Eileen in this empty chair across from me and I spoke this out, when you didn't respond to me, it hurt. And I felt like I'm unacceptable hmm. and I'm a reject. And I release you of that. I forgive you of that. You don't owe me anything. And I let this go to God. And so that was just a, a lifting of the spirit. Yeah, a raising of your chest, a burden off your back and such. Yeah, awesome. Well, this is kind of taking up an offense, like I mentioned earlier. But it offended me, too. One time when one of our sons was in school, a coach was, I felt like, was treating him unfairly. Mm. And as a mother, that's the closest I ever came to going on the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I would have, but my other sons were saying, Mom, don't do that. <laughs> And I mentioned this earlier, too, but I think sometimes the most challenging thing for me is it's not the choosing to forgive. I can do that. It's a choice. But then how do I deal with those thoughts? Mm -hmm. And sometimes in my life, I've heard people say, and I can identify with it, it's easier said than done. But then you go back to, God, you've asked me to do this. You're giving me what it takes to do this. Now I'm going to trust you. I know that if I go back to those thoughts, it stirs up the pool of anger, mm. and it's a pit it leads to. Yeah. And so it's a constant battle. It's 
but remembering that we have the victory in Christ. Satan is nasty. He wants to pull us down in that pit, and I have a choice. Do I want to live in the pit? Which No. Who wants to live in the pit? But sometimes he'll get us down there before we recognize. So one of my prayers in this whole forgiveness is I'm choosing to forgive. Father, help me to be quick to recognize these lies of the enemy that Mm. wants to take me back into that anger of unforgiveness after I've already forgiven. When it comes to forgiveness, you know, I think because I've had such favorable experiences with forgiveness over the years, just listening to the Spirit and forgiving in the moment, but where I've had to learn to recognize the blind spots, I guess what I'm trying to say, is in a moment when there's a, a lie and I'm feeling hurt, the Lord brings me back to what the lie is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and there's instant forgiveness in that moment because I realize that person is they're not speaking that lie to me. Sure, that's yeah. not their intention. Yeah, and I'm not saying forgiveness equals rationalizing the situation. It doesn't, but forgiveness does bring understanding. Yeah, you know, the spirit brings understanding through forgiveness. <laughs> I should say, one of my past ministry experiences, I was on serving on a large staff, and I'm very relational and I like friendships and I like having conversation, uh, you know, Mark's, his office is next to mine, and I'm often peeking my head in the corner <laughs> going, hey, and, you know, what do you think about? And I enjoy that. Well, in this particular ministry position, my office was pretty much down the hallway from everybody else starting off. And then offices got closer together after some remodeling. But I never had the camaraderie hmm. with any of the full-time staff ministers there. Uh, I had great relationships with uh, the secretarial staff, you know, Mm. camaraderie with them, but I didn't have those relationships that I longed for with the other pastors. And the lie there is I'm not included, I'm not important, I'm left out. And there was this one day after a staff meeting, two of the guys were standing in the hallway talking, and I was there with them. And one of them looks at the other guy and says, where are we going to eat lunch today? Oh, we'll go to such and such. And so, well, let's go. And and I'm just standing there by myself as I watch them walk off to go eat lunch. Mm -hmm. And all the time that I was on that staff, I got asked out to lunch two times. Mm -hmm. And that was six years, two times in six years. Mm -hmm. And so I have to go back to what is the lie? Well, the lie is I'm not important. I'm not included. And God reminds me that of who I am and that my need for worth and value does not come from people. And so, you know, I had to forgive those guys because in that moment I felt really hurt yeah. that they just kind of looked right over me and let's go eat lunch. And they had a great relationship. Yeah. And I loved those guys, and I know they loved me, but that was hurtful. Mm. And so I had to choose to forgive them and be released from that hurt. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I've got an example uh, in our own family. We've tried to teach our sons to forgive and to ask forgiveness from their brothers from an early age. And we still have to do this as an adult. All four of my children are adults. They have their own families. And we were on a family vacation a few years back and we take turns cooking. And so mm. one of my sons, I won't name which one it was, but he None was, of them are here right now. Right. <laughs> he was cooking and he knows these truths. We know, you know, we 
teach these truths, but he was cooking and I came into the kitchen and he was making hush puppies and they weren't getting done in the middle. So I just said, it was not my night to cook now. I just said, if you would make those a little smaller, they would cook better. Well, he said, if you want to do this, you can come do it. Well, I was offended. All I was trying to do was help him, right? And so from then on, it was just cold the rest of the dinner. And, you know, we're spending a week together in one house. There's 29 of us in this house. It's close quarters. And I know enough to know I don't want that. I don't want anything to be between my kids and I or for that matter, my grandkids or my husband or whoever. And so after dinner, I went up and I said, that really hurt me when you said that to me. And he said, well, mom, it hurt me when you said that to me. I was the one cooking. I cook all the time in my family. I know how to cook. And so what he was hearing was I was saying, you don't know what you're doing. There's Mm -hmm. something wrong with you. And I said immediately, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Would Mm. you forgive me? And he said, I forgive you. And then he said, Mom, would you forgive me for responding to you that way? Mm. And I said, I forgive you. And Mm. then we gave each other a hug. And it was like Tom said earlier, the tension just went away. Mm -hmm. And it was gone. And we could enjoy the rest of the week. And I thought, you know, if I had just let that fester underneath Mm -hmm. all that time, it would have destroyed the fellowship that the Lord wanted us to have. So that's just a simple illustration of how forgiveness works. Well, I think sometimes the simplest illustrations can really make the point come home because in that instance, like you said, what would have been lost had you not done that? That truth can be expanded out to anything that we're going through. Any small hurt that we carry around with us, it means we're losing out on something. We're missing out on what God has for us, whether it's fellowship with somebody or you know, right relationship with people. There's an element where God has asked us to forgive, not because he's a taskmaster and wants us to do these things and do this, but it, because it it brings life, right? There, mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about how much God is for us. And when he's saying, hey, forgive one another, it's because it's what's best for us. And like you said in your example, Connie, I mean, it just showed the whole dynamic changed. When you forgive someone, there's all, all of a sudden this resolution and you're brought back together in fellowship. And it's a beautiful thing that we get to see and experience. And that to me is the the catalyst to, that can encourage people to forgive. Because that, if anything else, if you're being held back from forgiving, it's unfortunately the person that offended you is not being held back. <laughs> I mean, most of the time they're not. It's you being held back. You know, like the, the quote says, you're the one that's being held back. You're the one that's suffering from it. And so you, you're the one that's not experiencing the fullness of life that God has for you until you actually forgive. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we ask forgiveness or we forgive and the other person doesn't reciprocate. Mm -hmm. And Greg had a lady in one of our seminars that after a a story he had shared, she went home and asked her parents forgiveness for some rebelliousness. And her dad said, sure, honey, I'll forgive you. But her mom said, I'm so glad you realized how much you hurt us. And no, I won't forgive you Mm. because I want you to suffer some of the pain Uh, that I've suffered. And so... At that point, she, the daughter has done what God has asked her to do, and then she has to just pray that God would work that out, and mm-hmm. she can still experience peace, even though it's painful. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so and let's finish the podcast up here. Let's conclude, and let's kind of focus our eyes back on Jesus and 
how does the topic of forgiveness, the actual act of forgiveness, and also the way he's forgiven us, help us to have a more intimate relationship with him? Well, for me, I mean, forgiveness is where the whole story of humanity's redemption begins, Mm -hmm. and that he has brought us all back to him through the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who his act of forgiveness has made the intimacy even possible. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just sometimes, I know you all do it too, you just meditate or think about the extent of the sins of the world that took Jesus to the cross and what God has forgiven. And it expands my concept of God and my appreciation and enjoyment for him. Mm -hmm. And then I can, of course, course, walk in thanksgiving for that wholeness and completeness and then extend that on to Jesus Mm -hmm. and our personal relationship, even on a human level, of what he has done to obtain that forgiveness. Um, And then thirdly is my identity. He has shown me more of who I am because of that forgiven person is now a forgiver by nature, Mm -hmm. and that just continues to increase that intimacy for me. Two scriptures come to mind. One of them is where Jesus says, you know, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. And then one of the most powerful statements that he makes in the worst moment in his entire life, he's hanging there on the Mm -hmm. cross, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And when I think about that, yeah, that is a powerful statement. But in my walk here in this life, I have to remember that, yes, I'm experiencing hurt in a moment, but I'm looking to the person hurting me as the solution. Mm. You've got to make my hurt go away by doing something. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mm. He's not looking to them to make his hurt go away. He's looking to the Father, and that's powerful. Yeah, it is. That's powerful. Well, I think I mentioned this verse in an earlier podcast, but this is such a powerful few verses for me is Ephesians 2, where, paraphrased, God says, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was a child of wrath, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great grace, he saved me. And that, to me, is his overwhelming choice of forgiveness. And it comes down to the point of, who am I not to forgive? Mm -hmm. Who has been so greatly forgiven Mm -hmm. myself? And even in the steps walking in obedience of forgiveness, I have to depend on him because I may not feel like forgiving. And who feels like forgiving, right? (laughs) In the flesh, certainly not. But it's a choice and I'm depending on him to give me, or he has given me already what it takes to forgive. So Mm -hmm. that's that intimacy there, walking with him. Well, awesome, guys. Thank you so much. I know that this is going to encourage people with such a difficult topic and something that everybody, every single human in all of history struggles with and ponders and thinks about. I hope that we can hopefully provide for them some clarity and some hope for them about what forgiveness is. So thank you guys so much for your time. We'll see you guys next week on the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Next week, we will look at two systems for living, law versus grace. Join us as we focus on the freedom found in grace as opposed to the bondage which resulted from the law. The Living in Jesus podcast is a production of Christian Families Today and is produced and edited by Ross O'Hare and Ben Brezina. 
Christian Families Today is a nonprofit discipleship counseling, coaching, and training ministry focused on equipping men, women, and children how to build biblically healthy lives and families. You can visit our website at cftministry.org to find this podcast, information about the Living in Jesus study, and other free content. If you're encouraged by this podcast, it would mean a lot to us if you would take a minute and leave us a review. This podcast and all of our free content is made available to you because of the generosity of people from all around the world, people just like you. God bless and see you next week.